What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Hooked on Fantasy. It's been a minute, but Akash and I are back. Uh, today we have the midseason fantasy award show, which should be fun, and a bit of the you know rest of season prediction that Akash has whipped up for us. So, Akash, how you doing? Looking handsome as ever. Thank you. You too. I'm doing great. I've been uh, just relaxing. Just relaxing. The, yeah, excited to get back on Hooked on Fantasy. Last few weeks have been uh, they've been busy for me. They've been busy for you too. Life as a college student can get tough sometimes, man. For sure. Yeah, you know, life doesn't get any tougher than college. That's what they always say, right? Yeah, I, well, I hope that's true. Yeah, it definitely is true. There's <laughs> no way life gets any harder. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I don't really know what else we want to talk about before we jump in. Is there any news or anything you want to talk about real quick? Uh, not really. I mean, like Derek, Derek Henry. Um, Derek Henry's interesting. Yeah, the, that's obviously big news. It's um potentially season-ending. He just went on IR for three games minimum right they yeah. haven't like said his season's over like but it's probably season ending right yeah I, I think someone on twitter i saw said about like eight weeks is the time frame to yeah, six, six to eight which keeps him out for the majority like if you're lucky he comes back um for the like fantasy playoffs and then maybe he's viable i don't i've talked to any like or seen any content from any uh doctors or pts on how like how effective he'll be upon like immediately after his return from this injury but if you have enough space he's worth a stash but if you really 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 have no space i mean you maybe i mean he's such a high upside player that maybe you don't drop him maybe you drop some lower upside players but uh i mean i'm 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 not dropping him yet until the news yeah. fully comes out on like a timetable yeah. for his injury um, drop him next week but for now i'm gonna hold on because if he does come back for let's say like the last game of the season for some reason or right. like 17 or 16 like you can still very much use him for the playoffs exactly yeah he, and he always i don't know his schedule but he always ends up playing a couple of the terrible afc south teams in the playoffs mm-hmm. and scores 30 fantasy points it's just it's just tradition at this point yeah basically all right um i mean why don't we just get into the uh fantasy awards show i guess why uh why don't we so the first yeah. season fantasy award will be for fantasy mvp most valuable player um i think this one's a pretty easy one in my opinion he's currently uh, depending on your scoring settings the number one or number two overall fantasy asset in ppr leagues uh it's cooper cup for me i assume it's the same for you yeah he's just been insane like the production relative to wide receivers is absolutely insane he's like um what five points per game higher than Wide receiver two, uh, who I believe is Jamar Chase. I didn't even look. He's just he's done. He's, he's just stripping everyone to the point where his production competes with uh, majority of quarterbacks, and he just out- it doesn't compete. It beats damn near every quarterback except for like, Josh Allen in some scoring settings. Right. So yeah, I think that's the fantasy MVP so far. He's got to be. I mean, he was such a value. You know. I mean, right. what was he going in like round four? Yeah. I mean, imagine if you. Uh, you picked a guy like Ayuk over Cub. It'd be insane. Bro. I mean, several people did, I bet. Yeah, um, definitely. It, it's, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, let's move into the second one, I guess. Uh, best value pick. Uh, for me, I've said Jamar Chase. I don't know about you. Yeah, I got to agree with that one. And then there's some other values. There have been, they've been a lot of good values. You could also say Cooper Cup just because the production's insane. And then some other, some other wide receivers like Debo, Mike Williams, some other – some running backs went um, pretty late or undrafted, like Elijah Mitchell. I know, like, Mitchell got drafted in a lot of really deep 
redraft leagues and dynasty leagues, but you know, also Jalen Hurts. Um, Hurts has been great. Like, yeah, you could argue yeah, he's for best. He was going like QB like eight to ten. Now he's QB two. Mm-hmm. Dude, then, it's crazy that he's outscoring Tyler Murray. Isn't that wild? Yeah. yeah, crazy man. It is. It is crazy. I mean, they both offer similar but different things. Also, I'm really happy to see Jalen Hurts winning though. For a quick sidebar, like. There were so many people out there that was like, oh, no, he's a bad quarterback. He's going to get benched for Gardner Minshew. Like, oh, this. not this year. No, no, no. Eventually, no, yeah. No, but... no, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Will. Will, do you have any thoughts on Jalen Hurts? Um, plays football for the Eagles. Thank you, Will. He said he plays football for the Eagles. Thank you so much. All right, uh, Jacob in the comments is saying that Patterson's the best value. Most people got him on waivers. Yeah, Cordell Patterson. I think, yeah, I, have, I think we have a, an award for best waiver pickup. I, I, have, I have him down for another category later that we'll get to. Yeah, um, yeah but I we think he's drafted. Though. We can't like it's just hard to consider him like a draft value if he wasn't drafted. Otherwise, he'd yeah. be right there. Yeah, I mean that's what you were kind of saying about Elijah Mitchell though too. You know, like yeah. he's such a value. But at the same time, like I think I said best value pick, so I said Jamar because right. he was in you know those late middle rounds. Uh, right, like right next to like Devonta Smith, who hasn't done that much, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. but Jamar's been tearing it up. I really think that he, like, Jamar is having like a uh, what Justin Jefferson did last season pretty much identically. And, um, I think that Devonta Smith feels a lot like what Jerry Judy did last year. Yeah, huh. I wonder if anyone said that at the, the beginning of the season. Odd, did I say that? huh? Did I say that? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, I, I, kind I of expect uh, Justin Jefferson season from Chase just because like it, it felt unrealistic, even though it's happening right now. At the time, it felt unrealistic, but before the season, I was like, "Yeah, I think you're gonna see some like Jerry Judy level production from Devonta Smith." I mean, they're aligning on so many things. They have like a target share just above twenty percent. They mm-hmm. have some good games, some bad games, bad QB play. You know, both betas from Alabama. You know. It's it's encouraging signs. He's not a bad one. There we go. They have um encouraging signs, uh, like just looking price agnostic. They have encouraging signs, but you know it's not. You're not probably. You're probably not going to have a amazing production this year. No, I mean I, what I really expected going into the year was a CD Lamb kind of rookie season from Jamar mm-hmm. Chase and the Jerry Judy kind of season for Devonta Smith, and that's kind of what we're seeing. But Jamar just smashed yeah. expectations. Yeah, Jamar. Like, if you're looking at, like, expected points per game, uh, Jamar is probably closer to CD than he is Jefferson, but mm-hmm. he's just been so, like, uh, efficient and, like, overproductive that he is, like, top five wide receiver right now. Yeah, I, be, I think he's, like, wide receiver two in um point, in points. So. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely crushing so far. Moving into yeah. disappointments, uh, biggest bust – for me, I think it's got to be Allen Robinson. I mean, I, everyone thought he was yeah. like a locked and loaded stud, like wide receiver right. one, the high and light wide receiver two. And he's been like unplayable. It's been crazy how bad he's been. Yeah, yeah. For, um, yeah, also consider IU. It's like two different reasons they've busted. Like everyone expected Allen Robinson to be like a super safe wide receiver one just because of the history of production. And then everyone expected a big breakout from IU. And like Allen Robinson, like he hasn't been terrible. He's just been relatively mediocre based on what we've seen in the past and then he's being killed by the overall passing volume so it, it, that sucks for him and he's just been like so like he's not been terrible but he hasn't been like 
good. So you can't exactly drop him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't drop him. And yeah. I just uh, had some like I don't know. Got through some issues at the beginning of the season that caused him not to get on the field, not earn as many targets while he's on the field. It's just uh, he had a good game last week though. So yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that through all, the next off season he gets a good training camp in and kind of establishes his role again. Yeah. But this year, I mean, sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. This year, it's been it's been pretty bleak for him. He almost yeah. got a touchdown yesterday. I, I made a joke on Twitter that he got in the end zone finally, but it was a two point conversion. Um, but it's nice to see him be used a little bit, though. I mean, last week in prime time, we kind of saw him die before our very eyes. Uh, this week, he actually saw some decent usage, which is oh yeah, uh, exciting. he ran ninety five percent of the routes, which is terrific. It's just uh, mm-hmm. that's what we expected going into the year for him to be on the field, mid, like almost all the time instead of like at the beginning of the season he was on the field like half the time and it was like 70 as went throughout the year and he was coming off the field for Muhammad Sanu, Trent Shurfield and it was just weird it was just weird usage but if he's on the field consistently I don't see why uh I don't see any reason he can't bounce back Akash I want I want your opinion on Al Robinson falling off do you think it's a mix of talent and quarterback situation or do you think it all falls on quarterback play um I don't think that it's anything to do with the talent. I do think there's some, like, I don't know. There's definitely something affecting his, like, per per route or, like, per play. Uh, not efficiency, but, like, like ability to earn targets. His, uh, like, target share and targets per hour run isn't as good as previous years, but I don't think he suddenly became bad in, like, the prime of his career at the age of 28. I don't think he's suddenly bad. I just think that, I don't know. There's definitely some QB issues, volume issues, maybe some Allen Robinson issues, but I would bet on him still being like a talented player, and that's the kind of bet that I'll make to bounce back in the long run. If he's a free, like he's a free agent at the end of the year, so at the very worst, I think he bounces back. Will's asking, what about Matt Nagy issues? Do you think it's mostly usage and coaching, or do you think it's more? Well, Nagy stopped calling plays like after week three, right? So if it wasn't Nagy thing, a you'd see uh, him bounce back, I guess. But I would bet on the talent to bounce back at the very worst next year and potentially as we go throughout the season. Because We have a comment from Jacob in the chat again. What's up, Jacob? Appreciate you, man. He's an awesome follower a follower and follow on Twitter. He's very active. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacob Williams, I have a feeling Allen Robinson and Justin Fields' success are both tied directly to the protections and the coaching. Offensive line protection schemes have definitely been an issue for Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, less time in the pocket, less time to look downfield for guys like A. Rob, who are known to be a good go up and get it vertical threat kind of guy. Um, yes. It definitely will probably impact their scheme. I'm just, I honestly just want to know what's going on. Like, I would love to be inside that coaching staff and like inside their game plan meetings and like hear what they're saying about Allen Robinson, like their supposed star wide receiver um, who's not really got it going yet. It, it's very interesting to me. I know. How easy would it be to uh, analyze stuff if you could just look inside some players' heads? Bro, it's crazy. Okay, like, actually, I know it's just a TV show, but watching Hard Knocks every year is always giving me, like, little bits of info that I think are very useful. Yeah, like, I remember people jumped on the Darren Waller train just because of Hard Knocks. Yeah, exactly. They they had a whole segment where they went around camp. It was like, who's the player that, like, is balling out this season that you think that yeah. no one's expecting? Everyone's like Darren Waller. Right, I, I, haven't, I don't, like can't think of any of those examples for like the last two seasons but they're there no, there wasn't really one this year they they gave a lot of hype to uh micah parsons who they gave a lot of hype to uh well trayvon diggs and micah parsons in the cowboys yeah and uh yeah and then like the, the under the radar guy they talked about was uh 
bash them. It was just a lot of like focusing on like the defense getting better because that was a big problem last year. Everyone knew the offense was going to be pretty good, and then it is. And then also Dak's injury. But yeah, and Dak's injury is also a big storyline. Yeah, I actually, I actually got on the Herbert bandwagon last mm-hmm. year from the Chargers uh, and Rams hard knocks um, kind of thing. I also, I also fell in love with Van Jefferson, but they didn't use him last year. I know. I was um I I didn't do like I didn't look at the at like rookies the same way I do this year mm-hmm. or like over this offseason. So I was also like, hey, look at Van Jefferson uh, making plays in camp. And I, maybe I could maybe I could look at him as like a sleeper and they do any didn't do anything. And then like in hindsight, I looked at his college profile. I'm like, wow, this is absolutely horrendous. I, I think Tutu Atwell should be their third receiver. And then Van Jefferson's the guy and now Tutu's on IR, so he's I, I mean he's developed really well. We give some credit to Van; like he he looks really yeah. good this year. Um, time you can develop a underproductive twenty-five-year-old rookie, you absolutely have to take that. Absolutely, any opportunity. All right, uh, we have another comment from Jacob here while we were still talking about the Bears. He says that offense has zero threats. It's just too easy for defenses to take away a single threat. When Montgomery is back and gets to play with Fields, maybe it'll be a bit better. I mean, I definitely can agree with that. I think the Darnold- that's what it was in the past, right? What do you say? That's what it was in the past. The saw and the offense was still successful, right? Same, sure. same offense. Same. Allen Robinson's the guy, and when Anthony Miller was their wide receiver too, he wasn't doing much. And then when Monty was not playing as well in like early 2020 and 2019, it was uh, he wasn't much of a threat. So I don't think that that's well, you know a sneaky I'll- threat that they had last year that hasn't. I don't even, is he even on the team. Jimmy Graham, he was he was really good for them. Yeah, he's on the team. He just um, yeah, he's he he just on the field. Is he finally yeah. lost? I mean, I think they're making the right decision in uh, going with Komet, who's on the field a lot more, and he's earning targets well. He's just uh, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. He's yeah, but I I really do think that the um, Allen Robinson and Brandon Ayuk situations are two of the most you know intriguing. Yeah. lines of the season so far because I mean everyone was just kind of I, I feel like they were both considered pretty safe players mm-hmm. especially A-Rob I mean there was a bit of risk associated with Ayuk in my opinion because I know you were huge on him but uh yeah. I was I was a little concerned to see how him Debo and Kittle were all gonna function at the same time but uh-huh. I still liked him I, I honestly didn't draft much of him at all I don't think I've any shares of him at Redraft uh fortunately for myself because I preferred some other players around that price range like the yeah. You know, like Deontay. Deontay. Yeah, I, I had a much preferred like Deontay Johnson in that range. But yeah, I have a lot of Deontay uh, when I pivoted from Ayuk. One of the things, um, I have this one like zero RB team, like where I waited until like the eighth or ninth round to grab my first RB. I, I, at the beginning, I felt like I absolutely killed the first few rounds. I got like Adams, Hopkins, Evans, and then I grabbed Allen Robinson and Ayuk. And those two picks are absolutely killing my team. Oh, when I hit, like late later rounds, I hit on uh, Connor's doing well, Moss's doing pretty well. Oh, I, do you know? Got, do you know off the top of your head who's? Oh, actually, just let me look. I got Chuba off waivers. I got um, Alex Collins filling in well. It's just uh keep rotating RB twos, but I'm getting killed in my uh, last wide receiver slot where I'm benching both those guys for Jacoby Myers every week. That's tough, man. That's yeah. tough. Huh, I'm gonna look up real quick. Okay, so that's interesting. I was looking. Coming out of the draft process, I did prefer James Conner at his price over Chase Edmonds. Yeah. Currently, Edmonds is the RB17 on the season, and James and Conner's, Conner's like 22. What is 21. it? Yeah, 21 in PPR. Makes sense. That's interesting. Um, I do think going forward, there's reason to like Edmonds 
more just because it's a lot easier to bank on target share than it is touchdowns. But Connor is the guy in the red zone on the very good offense. And so mm -hmm. as long as Kyler is good and this offense like moves well, I, I think Connor will be fine. I mean, no, 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 I definitely agree. I think he's, they're I think both solid RB twos. They take away the ceiling from each other. Obviously Connor's going to be more touchdown dependent. I made, I made a joke like, is Connor touchdown dependent or is he touchdown prone? It's just uh, really a function of a uh, hell of a lot of uh, red zone carries. Yeah, how many touchdowns does he have? Eight. Eight? I believe so. He has. It's, uh, he's um, tied for second only behind Derrick Henry, who's now out for two weeks. Imagine if James Connor has like 600 rushing yards and ends up leading the league in rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he, only, yeah, he, has, eight, he has eight touchdowns right now. He only has 3.8 yards of carry, but, I mean, he has a lot of goal line work, so that makes sense. Yeah, the goal line work will always uh, lower your yards per carry just because there's not much room to go. But mm -hmm. he's uh, he's doing pretty well. It's not like um, he's not washed or anything. He's just not no. seeing the volume. Like, he was never, like, overly – He was he's a good running back. He's not a good – okay, I think he's a very – I think he's a very – decent running back who can do a little bit of everything but he's not special or anything he needs a good exactly. it takes um it takes um not any not everyone can just like fill in and see like 200 carries and like 70 targets and be like a, be a top eight rb like connor was in his breakout season and it's just like not everyone could do that so he's definitely not like a bum who fell into opportunity but it's not like he's uh top like top 15 talent or anything. He's just a pretty good running back who sees carries in the red zone. That'll, that'll work. I mean, yeah, it gets the job done. That's why I like him more at his draft cost. Um, but moving on to our next topic, we spent a lot of time on that one. Biggest surprise. Um, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can interpret this question. But for Bad me, surprise, good surprise. I was, I'm was. i surprised by uh, Ayuk's, uh, I, I don't know, downfall, slow star, whatever you want to call it. Cordell Patterson, I know that's your pick. Patterson's util, uh, utilization is... It's a fantasy fantasy dream because it it's is. like yeah. Imagine if like this is fantasy nightmare, right? Imagine if you had like a really cheap version of Alvin Kamara, except he lines up at wide receiver a lot more. Dude, I think Cordero Patterson, what he's doing right now, is what I think in a perfect world, what the Jaguars should do with Lavisca Chanel. I don't know if that's controversial. But I think that's yeah. what the Jaguars should do with LaVisca Chenault. is what they're doing with Cordero Patterson right now. It's the Swiss Army Knife skill set, and I love it. I yeah. think it's great. I don't think Visca's, like, as physically gifted as He's, not. But, He's not. But he has a little bit of that in him is what I mean. Using like it, using him like that would definitely be better than, like, not using him <laughs> like they are now. And, I don't know, using Jamal Agnew in the slot, which I think is wrong. I don't know. Yeah, Jacob has another good point here. I think he's a little bit behind, like you mentioned earlier. But James Conner looked really good when he filled in for Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh because he had the best situation possible with the like peak Steelers offensive line when they were like yeah. top three in the league. And I totally agree. Um, yeah, right is now. The is that light? Gross. Is he is he right about the boxes um, being super light? Right now? Wait, sorry. What'd you say? Is he right about the about the small boxes? Back then or now? Back then, it was 2018, right? Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there were definitely small boxes because you know you had to deal with Antonio Brown. Um, nah, he was he was 12th in average defenders in the box. Really? He was getting it done. He's a he's a good power back who's uh he faced a lot of defenders in the back. They were respecting him. 
Yeah, I mean, I, guess I mean, even a, back then he was like third. He had uh, he was second in goal line carries, and then he had like uh, he was um like fifteenth or like sixteenth in target share, and that'll lead to uh, RB one production. That'll lead to good things. Yeah, I mean, he he was really good that season. I mm-hmm. I thought bright things were ahead, but once that offensive line started to get a little old and start to fall apart, yeah. the run blocking was getting a lot worse. Connor definitely fell off quickly. I know. He looked really bad last. The, dude, the Steelers' run game from last season to now with Najee is like night and day. We yeah. actually have they're, um, they were doing a lot better when Connor was healthy. It was just uh, you know, some injuries uh got to him at the end of the season. We had to uh, and then uh, the team. That wasn't healthy. that was another thing with Connor that yeah he could he couldn't stay healthy and it was not good. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I know you weren't. You're. St- I don't know how much of a fan you are of Najee still, but. I know you were not really a fan of his going into the season. How do you feel about him now? I mean, I know he gets a lot of the passing work, and that's what makes him Yeah, cool. for fantasy, he's but, fine. But, like, running-wise, like, do you think he's been good or no? What? Running-wise? Do I don't – Running back, do you think he's been doing a good job? As a running back, I don't think so. I think he's been okay. I haven't I haven't checked in on, like, his, like, yards created or, like, juke rate in the last few weeks. I haven't looked at it, but – the line's getting a lot better. I can say that. I don't know if it's something that's good. I was watching the I mean the Browns game the other day and the Broncos game yeah. to go. Um they've been running the ball well. Like the offensive line the first couple weeks, I was very concerned. Um because pretty much all of his efficiency was coming in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Yesterday against Cleveland, I think he had like ninety on the ground and a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I mean I think he still had like twenty something carries, which is ridiculous, but twenty six, I mean, right? Yeah, I, he had a ton of attempts. But, I mean, the blocks are actually opening up a little bit now. Like, they're actually getting some lanes together, and the unit's actually starting to mesh a little, which is really exciting because of how young the line is. Because yeah. um, I thought this was going to be a terrible year for them overall. Um, but they've been doing a pretty decent job. I mean, the only issue I really have with the line right now is um, the left tackle and pass protection is pretty rough. Like, he was getting eaten alive by Miles Garrett yesterday. Um, yeah, but the run game unit's actually coming together, and I think it's yeah, still good. I think it's definitely a good sign for Najee for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I think it can only get a little bit better or stay the same. They've, they've been getting a little bit better for sure. Right. For um, just looking at, like, one of the reasons, uh, like, I, I laughed at the Steelers for picking an RB in uh, round one, like, given all the concerns that they have. I don't know. I think it was just a bad, bad pick. But for fantasy, he's fine. Well, I think for real life, he's been doing great. I mean, I don't it's remember. Just, um, it's a, it doesn't matter how good he is. It was still like he could he could be really good. Like, obviously, if he turns into like a Hall of Fame RB, it'll probably look like a good pick. But if he's like good or like pretty good, it's still it's probably still going to be a bad pick just because you, you picked an RB in round one when the issue was like very clearly more than that. No, I understand that. I'm saying yeah. like. I, they were showing some stats about it on the game yesterday about like how heavy he's used like for like, like he's the heart of the offense right now and like I think he makes the Steelers offense a lot better because last season they were by far the worst team in short yardage situations in the NFL mm-hmm. and now they're one of the best in like third and one third and two uh, and it's because of him uh, I think like yeah. he's really? taking away the problem yeah really that's it that's interesting because you said the are the lines got a lot better I think that uh yeah, the the I think just the run game being better has helped the team. I don't think, yeah, but yeah, like he, he's the running back though, right? What's I, that? I don't I don't think it's like a Najee thing. I just think it's like a run game thing. Sure, I mean it's a combination of both, but I think you know one helps usually helps the other in, in both ways. 
But right. yeah, it's definitely it's it's good all around. It's just you know I subscribe to like running backs don't matter. You could plug a lot of players in the in a backfield and have it work okay relative to like your opportunity cost. Yeah, no, I I kind of am a same. I kind of align with that thinking as well. And I do think the Steelers' offensive lines helped a lot. But I mm-hmm. guarantee you the Steelers' running game would be maybe – like if we had James Conner still, I bet he would – fully healthy, I think he would maybe, maybe do, as far as fantasy production goes, 70% of what Najee's doing this year. Maybe. Right, just because the opportunity share is so crazy that just going to end up as an RB1, like no matter what kind of talent, as long as like the goal line works there, the, the receiving works there, and – the opportunity show you, you'll end up fine for fantasy but like what happens if the if the Steelers instead of um drafting Najee at the 25th pick 25th or 24th 24th and what if instead of doing that they pick a lineman and then pick someone else like later in the draft like what if they go like I don't know like Ramondre Stevenson in round four right see I don't like I during the draft I mean I, I wanted Najee but yeah. I, I was also fine with an offensive lineman but looking back on the board, I don't think there was anyone there, like relative to where the like the way the draft fell, like yeah. I don't think it would have shaken out very well for them. Like I mm-hmm. think if they, let's say they took a tackle in the first round, I think the best one available was the guy who went to the Bears. What, what's the yeah, name? Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, Tevin he's, Jenkins. He's good. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people that like, I don't do O line, but like a lot of people that do really liked him. I think yeah, I know, yeah, I know he did. I'm just saying like. So he would have got like Tevin Jenkins, and it would have been a good pick. But I think he was more of an early second rounder than a first rounder, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second round, by the time the Steelers came back up, uh, you know, Javante was gone. Yeah, ETN yeah. were gone. So like right. all the top guys were kind of off the board. So they knew they would have had to settle for somebody, you know, along the lines of like Kenny Gainwell or you know that Next kind thing, of. We didn't get the. You could go that? um not not Gainwell. He's uh, more of a receiving back. But you could go go with a guy like. Uh, you go with a guy like Ramondre or something, and or like Ramondre, like Trey Sermon, Sermon, or like anyone. Like the whole idea is like really just do whatever you can plug in back there should work fine, relative to like what you uh would get from like investing a high pick in it. But that's yeah, just a, let's move on though, Jacob. Real quick, is Jacob. Ben their biggest weakest? Yes, it is. I feel like the team knew that Ben was their biggest weakness, and RB is the best pick for Ben when you have a good line already. That's that's ultimately why I think they took a running back is because mm-hmm. Ben threw the ball like 50 times a game last year, and he still does throw the ball a lot. But what he was doing last year was like terrible, uh, terribly unsustainable. And going into the yeah. season again with James Conner and Benny Snell with the bad offensive line could have been a nightmare, in my opinion. I think they needed to fix it immediately, so that's why they took the Um I think that um. I believe his ADOT is like is higher or something. Time to throw higher. What is it? I would expect it to be. I don't. I'm not gonna check it right now. But I don't know. It might be. I mean, their ADOT as an offense is still pretty low, in my opinion. Like they do. Makes a, sense. You throw they, to Deontay and the RB. Like yeah. That. One of their one of their fatal more fatal flaws has been uh, throwing the ball short of the chains on like third and long, which is really annoying. Hilarious. Um, yeah, that's the way to kill your offense. That's why they've, been getting, they've been getting better about it. The yeah. RPO has been really good for the last couple of weeks. But, um, you know. That's why everyone complains about the um, Vikings. What about them? That they throw this ball short of the stick so much and they're so cowardly. Yeah, I mean, that's the way the Steelers play. I mean, I don't know if it's the scheme or Ben or, you know, a little combination of both, but it's it's interesting to see for sure. 
All right, let's, let's move on, though, to our last category here. Uh, biggest breakout? I mean, there's yes. a lot of guys you could pick for this one. Um, I think a dark horse would be Michael Pittman. Um, mm, my, pick has been, my pick has been Debo Samuel. Debo's, uh, Debo, uh, Debo's eating, man. He's been yeah, so Hurts. Um, like, yeah. breakout, like, breakout, like, as in they've never produced before. Or like, you could – because if not, you could say Stafford. He's been a top five QB before, like, top 12 before, but – Relative to preseason expectations, he's been he's broken out well in the new offense. What about Leonard Fournette too? Yeah, Fournette's been great. He's like, been really good. They've been using the opportunity so king, much. receiving relegated uh, Geo and Rojo to the bench. It's been uh, crazy. Good opportunity. Sure, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell for sure as well. He's, yeah. he's uh, <laughs> running really well. Well, I view well. He's a rookie though. I I view breakout yeah. at Elijah Mitchell. Hmm. Elijah Mitchell's a rookie, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Th- I I can't view rookies as breakouts really, just mm-hmm. because you know I haven't seen them play before. I um, guess it's still. I I think I I get what you're saying. You're saying is like they're not breaking out. They're just stepping into the league and like playing gosh. well from the get go, right? It's not like I mean, uh, they are breakouts, but you know what I mean. Like I, yeah, I, what I'm thinking for this. Or then like all right, how about like um, Joe Burrow? Like Joe Burrow? Yeah, Joe Burrow's breakout has been terrific. Yeah, it's been really good. But dude, okay that. That's why I saw the signs for that. That's why I kept doing this, the Burrow over Herbert fantasy take, but it hasn't really converted to fantasy success very much so far, unfortunately. He doesn't run. Really? Are you sure? Are you, are I mean, sure? good, but he hasn't. I don't think he's. They're within he like one points per game. Are they? Yeah. Your take has a very good chance of shaking out well. If you want to like, if you want to victory Lappy, you can manipulate the stats and say that he has a higher points per game rate. Like not higher points per game. He has a higher, uh, he has more points. But that's just because he's played, played one. Off. He's played one less game. Exactly. You can ignore that if you want to manipulate it. But hey, but the average. I mean, dude, they're damn if close. Wanna, if you want to just look at it like even, yeah, they're I mean, real close uh, in points per game. Like, for how yeah, for how hot of a take it was and still is, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it should have been that hot. A one point two points per game difference. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I'll, I'll I wasn't that. as on. Um, was it Burroughs? Well, uh, Jacob, oh. Chase being added is what why it's I was so you the about, breakout right. Yeah, because you had a really good player in the community. Yeah, one of my main talking points for Burrow's right. breakout was the addition of elite wide receiver. We saw it happen with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Kyle Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. It's a huge trend, in my opinion, for the young quarterback to add an elite weapon and take a step forward. I think it's, I think it's a big trend to watch for. Yeah, I definitely definitely agree. Where's um trying to find trying to look on this this chart for uh. Over Another hot take that a lot of people did not like before the season that I think is actually going to finish correct is Najee outscoring Aaron Jones. Uh, that's a viable. I I took uh in the league we're in together. I took uh I took Aaron Jones over Najee. You absolute buffoon! I remember um talking Wait, to no, he's uh, actually, oh, he's Paul Paul the I don't remember uh which of the the two it was. I believe. I don't, I don't remember. I think it was Michelle. I think it was Michelle. But she, I was talking uh, to her, and she was just um, – I was like, yeah, I don't – just looking at the profile, I don't really like Najee as much. And she was like, no, for re, for redraft, he's going to be insane because the opportunity share is – Yes, is, uh, I was telling insane. you. And then it I is. It is. I tried telling you, Kosh. The opportunity is insane, bro. Yes. It's insane. I don't care if he's inefficient. The opportunity is insane. And he has okay, – your, um, your take for Burrow being better than Herbert – Right now, a uh, minimum of 112 plays, which is like seven games, uh, like 16 times seven. 
Uh, Burrow is ninth in completion percentage over expected, and Herbert is 28th. There we go. Herbert has had a really, really, really bad stretch of like three games. That is like plummeted all of like a bunch of efficiency metrics, a lot of um, like PFF grades. They've just been falling. So there we go. Yeah. Let's clap for that. No better. Yeah. Thank you and so then much. Um, looking at PFF passing grade, he's also going to be higher just because Herbert's been bad the last few games. Right yeah. now, Burrow is eighth and Herbert is ninth. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I still today would rather have Justin Herbert as my NFL quarterback than Joe Burrow. I would. Yeah. yeah. I would. Yeah. If you were no. a GM, would you rather have Joe Burrow? Mm. I would rather have Justin Herbert personally. Maybe. As rookies, they were both um like look like um I got on this I got on the, like the the Burrow breakout train pretty late just because I uh you bastard you should have been on it since June like me. I know, because, uh, you know, um, BFB Encounter, right? My boss, Drew, yeah. he, uh, he helped show me the way on Burrow. Good. Good. And, Joe uh, good, man. He's got good weapons. But, yeah, if you look at last year, they were both, like, um, like not not like neck and neck, but they were both really good. Like, Herbert had, um, like, a, a PFF passing grade of 78, and Burrow's was 74. And they're, that's both really good. It's, like, relative to other rookies, that's, like, Elite, because right now, if you look at the rookies this year, um, I, I believe they're all bad. It's like um, Fields has a 52, Lawrence has a 57, Zach Wilson has a 57, Lance has a 58, Davis Mills has a 59, and Mac Davis Jones. Davis Mills. Okay. Yeah. Davis Mills. Mac Jones has an 81. Can you believe it? Huh? What about Mike White? Oh, yeah. What about Mike White? Oh, man. I don't know. No, wait. He was drafting like. 2017 or oh, he was asking about Mike White. What's he graded? Mike White, the only reason that he is um on the Jets right now is because Cooper Rush beat him out in um 2019 Cowboys training camp. Dude, he actually did not look terrible. They both they both had uh, pretty good games. My, I actually didn't get to watch that much of the Cowboys game yesterday. Now what happened? You didn't watch? No, I was. I was. Just, I, I watched like the first half. I forget what happened. I was doing something later. Mm-hmm. I get it. I fell asleep. Apparently, reported. <laughs> I reportedly fell asleep. Um. Anyways, did you know that um that Najee is currently the RB three in points per game right now? It's pretty. That's not surprising. He was like my boy. My boy. He was right there before, right? Makes sense. Yeah, I think he was like top five before. I think he was like RB six points per game. Dude, he's been so consistent though. Like he. He hasn't right. finished a game with under 21 points in, like, the last... Exactly. Five. He's that, he, I, uh, Off the top of my head, it's, like, four four to five or more, like, targets in every single game, plus a ton of... Yeah, actually, you know what I love? There's no work in goal line work. You know what I love this week? He only had three targets, and he finished yeah. with, like, 21 points. What That's do you what you love to see right there. You'd love to see that. But anyway, yeah. man. I think that's, I mean, that's pretty much a wrap for what I had prepared. So if you want to get into some of those... Uh, expectations for the rest of the season if you want to hop into those or if you want to wrap it yeah we can just talk about anyone you want to talk about any player you like and just uh yeah Najee had a pretty good game last week like, what do you okay huh let's, let's let's hit on three players that we think are gonna have a really good rest of the season that mm-hmm. maybe have had a bit of a slow start or things that haven't really come together for them yet uh, did you know Daniel Jones is seventh in expected points per game and Derek Carr is ninth? I actually do. I think Dar- Daniel Jones is going to have a big game tonight against Kansas City. That he could. It's a bad defense, and he has Konami code. I um 
I dropped like Rashad Bateman to pick him up in one of the leagues where there's no benches because Dak missed the game and it was like a late, late uh call and I had to drop like whoever was on by. So that, that sucks. I had to I hated to drop Bateman, but Jones can play well tonight and um the sneaky Konami code and it the people only think it's sneaky because he's white. You can admit that right now. <laughs> but Dude, uh, I love me, I love me a running quarterback to fantasy. I know quarterback to fantasy. Let's let's hop into this uh, just for a second. Okay, we got something from Jacobs here. Not Jacobs. Did you know that? Uh, okay, so Brandon Cooks with Tyrod Taylor playing with averaging 100 plus yards and a touchdown. That's true. He was. True. Two quarterbacks to watch for in the rest of the season here. We got um, Taysom Hill is very interesting to me. Uh-huh. Taysom Hill is very interesting for fantasy. Yes. And so is Tyrod Taylor. I was just about to say those like. I'm looking at my sheet right now, and like right when I started talking about sneaky uh, Konami code, I sorted by um, rushing expected points, and Taysom Hill like shot almost to the very top. Yeah, let's let's just hit on those two real quick. Let's dive in deep to Tyrod Taylor and Taysom Hill, and we can wrap. Let's let's start off with Taysom first. I mean, Taysom Hill, in my opinion, I think he is a started. I think he's a weekly starter for fantasy. I think he's gonna be a top twelve guy rest of the season. Right. I don't. I, I, we have a pretty good indication that he's not a great passer. No. And that, that he is a really good rusher. And, um, it's really just a, a problem with the volume, just because the volume with, uh, Taysom was so bad. And that the, um, that is really just re- relying on rushing because you're not going to have passing efficiency and you're not going to have a uh, passing volume. So you're really relying on the rushing, but then you're pretty much plugging a guy who will rush. Uh, decent amount into your lineup. So I think you end up with a QB2 just because, like, I saw someone, like, some people citing stats of, like, um, oh, last year he's a QB1 while starting, but I think he had, like, um, like six to seven rushing touchdowns in those four games, which is well, pretty you know hard. Josh, I'm going to say, I mean, I, I think he's a top 12 guy because I understand yeah. I understand the concerns of the passing volume and everything like that, but yeah. – He's gonna get the rushing touchdowns. I mean, regardless, even if they yeah. get down the goal line and run some fancy packages with him. And oh yeah, he definitely, him. definitely can. It's not he's that. Um, I mean, I think he gets at least a rushing touchdown a game, kind of. Uh, I don't know about at least a rushing touchdown a game. I'm a little bold, but like I think that he is very high odds of scoring rushing touchdowns. And if you're in a four point passing touchdown league, I mean, that gives him a big advantage too. Um, yeah. Last year, um, last year, why he started in the four games he started, he had. Um, what is that? Thirty-nine carries in four games. So that's like just under ten carries per game, which is which puts him like top five in the NFL. Is it's now trying to trade Kamara. He disappeared no. with Tatum. No, don't trade him. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, don't. probably not. Uh, just oh. looking at like usage is so important for RBs. We know he's a talented player, but um, like, uh, like QB checkdown rate is real. Like some. QBs don't throw to RBs as much, and like that's relatively sticky. It's more so like more sticky than like uh, like tight end or or wide receiver uh, targets, right? Just because like tendencies to check down. So if Taysom has less tendencies to check down, which we have an idea that he is based on what happened last year, it can hurt um, Kamara's receiving volume. And then also you have a good rusher who might snipe touchdowns. It's not time to trade him, but. I don't know. Like, if Taysom plays for the rest of the season, you might not. It might take some of the ceiling away for Alvin Kamara, but he's he's a still he's still a talented player who gets good usage. I wouldn't be worried about him. 
All right, just real quick, I'm going to hit on Tyrod. So, I mean, Tyrod Taylor was really good at the start of the season for fantasy. I think that he was actually coming into his own and really developing into a, a very good uh, weekly fantasy option. I think he should yeah. probably continue that trend. I mean, I think Brandon Cooks gets another huge bump uh, to where from where he is right now to where he's going to be because the offense is even scoring more points. Yeah. Um, I mean, if there's any other key metrics or anything you want to, to hit on with Taylor before we move on to another coming from Jacob here from a little while ago, actually, I want to talk about with Mac Jones. Um, anything you want yeah. to on the, um, on the R squared podcast with Ian, like I, I plug it real quick, like R squared fantasy football podcast. We uh, talk about metrics every week. And the other week I was talking about, uh, Brandon cooks being one of the better fine, uh, like win now buys in dynasty, just cause his target share is so elite. Um, with Taylor at the beginning of the season, like it's only a two game sample size. And I believe he had like. 50 plays or something so it's not a great sample size to evaluate but he played well uh he was like um i believe he was like top he was sixth in completion percentage over expected which is good normally he lives like in like like an average range of like 20 ish but that's still better than davis mills who right now is like is living around the bottom of the chart i who said right now earlier, sucks right right i said earlier he his pff passing grade is like 58 right now he's like any going from Davis Mills to Tyra Taylor doesn't seem like a huge upgrade, but it's going. Honestly, to, just real it's quick, going from like a horrible. Uh, if you can go from props to Davis Mills, okay, he hasn't been that terrible for a rookie thrown into a horrible yeah. situation. He's honestly not done a terrible job. I mean, he he played right. very well against the Patriots that one week. Yeah, he did. He did. It's just not um, like no. week to week. It's week to week. You're better off with Tyrod starting, and Agreed. he's a like they confirmed he's a starter when healthy. So. With that, with Tyrod Taylor, you're getting um, decent passing or like serviceable passing with decent rushing. Like when he started in for the Bills, he was a decent QB too. Mm-hmm. So I think All that's right, let's wrap. Uh, let's wrap with Mac Jones here. I'm, I'm interested in this comment, Akash. What do you think about it? Oh. Mac Jones completion percentage. Anything to be interested for a breakout if they add a stud wide receiver for him? Maybe not. I don't know. Like it, that's a that's a big if. Like there's not a lot of stud wide receivers. Like you can draft someone obviously, or you can get one in free agency. But they just spent a lot in free agency on their weapons, and I think what they, what they're doing with their weapons works right now. So like that's a big if that you can't assume will happen. His completion percentage right now, I think, is a. I th- he's um playing he's playing well, but his um. Eight out right now is twenty third out of forty two QBs. If I hang on, let me increase the maximum plays so we can get out some of like the Mike Lennons who only threw. While you're doing that, I just want to I just want to hit on. So for Mac Jones, I think he's been playing excellent so far this season. I think he's executing mm-hmm. exactly what the Patriots' offense should be executed as. Yes, um, he's been doing great, honestly. But yes. for fantasy football, you're wanting a guy who has a big arm, has elite, uh, you know, dynamic playmaking ability. Or right. you want somebody who has like a, you know the bit of a Konami code built into them exactly. Uh, and Mac Jones doesn't really do either of those things. Mm-hmm. I think the best case scenario for Mac Jones ever would be like what we're kind of seeing with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers do right now, just have like a godly squad nah. of wide receivers around him. I don't think that's a, that's that's too high of a ceiling. That's uh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that that is his absolute like god level Mac Jones ceiling. Not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I think his ceiling, relatively speaking, is like. A good Kirk Cousins, like QB. Nah, Kirk Cousins is better. Fantasy for fantasy, I think like QB nine 
10, 12 is like where he'll probably live at his ceiling around. Yeah. Like the- I think, um, yeah, like Flacco or Carr. Like you, you'll end up with um, you'll decent passing numbers, very little rushing ability, and you'll really be relying on the um, touchdown rate. Like touchdown rates volatile year to year, so if you have him in dynasty, you'll just have to hope that some years it's uh, good enough to have him as a low QB one. But I think that's really the ceiling, just because what we've seen from him in college and his the beginning of his career in the in the NFL is really close to zero rushing production, and that's what you need in today's NFL to get you to. Uh, even like like top eight numbers, you'll need at least like fifteen to twenty rushing yards per game, which is something that like like sneaky rushers like Herbert and Tannehill they can do that. They do that um, week to week, but a guy like Mac Jones probably isn't going to do that. So those extra like one to two points per game it matters. It like relative to other QBs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I totally agree with you. All right, I think that's a good way to go out on today's show. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it, or listening wherever you are. A caution, yes. parting words for the people. Um, You should probably go buy Deontay Johnson, just because mm-hmm. right now he's like, I believe he's fifth in expected points per game, and no one's treating him like that. So go ahead and go buy him, because he is a terrific wide receiver, who has a target share of 30%. All right. I love it. I, I definitely agree. Deontay's a very talented player. He's getting a lot of opportunities. Go, go buy him real quick. Go buy him. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And I'll, we'll see you again live on Wednesday night. And we'll see you again on Thursday at wherever you're listening. Thanks again. And we'll have a good uh, – well, I can't talk. Yes. Have a good one. Goodbye. Goodbye.